Welcome to Out of Nowhere, where we talk with marketers, makers, and value creators about where they've been and where they're going next. Let's dive in. Hey everyone, this is Justin Watkins of Native Digital, joined today by Haley Smith, also of Native. And today we're talking e-health with Ken Yons from IntelliCare. They've built a workforce platform that is becoming the new alternative to those antiquated healthcare staffing models. And they're doing it by giving nursing professionals choice and flexibility. I had no idea that there were apps devoted to nurses nurses and nursing. Um, but the, the major, I think, a major breakthrough was when, when I really looked at the, the customers or the people that we were helping um, and the app was actually helping by connecting nurses with just the right gig and just the right job at the right time um, and giving them the flexibility and the, the right amount of pay to, to be able to help them with their career and lives. Um, and this was before COVID. So it was, it was really innovative. Um, when the company started, it was like 2016, um, and it was founded by nurses and people who cared about nurses. And the when I heard the the founding story of how scrappy it was and how it was started and the the marketplace that was really needed for nurses, it, it was a no brainer. I, was, I had a bunch of bunch of options, and I was just like, this just makes sense uh, in many ways. Even though it's it's not exactly a market that I knew well. Um, and it was the first time I've really worked on a two-sided marketplace, um, where it matches both nurses and, um, healthcare facilities or partner facilities, as we call them. Um, the, just the mission itself of being able to help nurses and empowering nurses, um, to be able to, to find the careers that they want and to be able to get the living and the pay that they want is super empowering. And I'm very fortunate for that. And I think the, the growth of the company and the market fit of the company um, is based on the fact that of that mission and us really caring a lot about the nurses and, and the facilities that we work with. I love the idea of people gravitating towards the mission um, instead of the industry. Cause I think that there's a lot of um, uh, there's a lot of hyper specialization, uh, especially in healthcare. And then you yeah. live in this small little world. Right. Um, but you get folks like you as a part of the bigger picture. And then, really broadens perspective on like what to do with the product, um, you know, how to message it, how to market it. Um, I think yeah. that that allows for a lot of expansion opportunities. Yeah, it's been, it's been interesting. Yeah. It, I think when we, we talk a lot about that where everyone these days has a lot of places that they could work at. And so for us, that mission and culture is super important and finding people who are the, the right fit and who, who want to be here for the long term. Um, and ride out this story with us um, and really care about really care about both sides of that marketplace is super important for us. I mean, the value prop that you offer is strong, right? It's, and it's, and it's unique. And uh, sometimes you can have that too early. And the idea, like people aren't ready for it yet. The industry isn't ready for it yet. And it's, see, I, I kind of wonder if that's the case with IntelliCare, like if this existed 15, 20 years ago, I'm not sure the world would have been ready for it, but it seems like today it's very ripe for that. No, like hungry for it almost. I mean, I, I don't know if you share that perspective, but that's kind of my hunch. Yeah. The company started in 2016. So the, the whole concept about the gig economy um, was still relatively new and the whole concept around 
around the suicide marketplace and, and matching was still relatively new. Um, and when you look at the trajectory of, you forget, like when you look at the trajectory of Uber and Lyft and you think like, oh, those companies just, you know, developed overnight and they, they spawned and launched and um, there was massive adoption in a year. That's actually not true. Um, it took them a while before, before we all started taking Lyfts and Ubers. Um, and it's been the same for us. Um, it, it was really hard for the founders to actually, um, there's a lot of funny stories, but to actually convince nurses that this is a real thing and also facilities. And uh, the magic for us is balancing out what we call true liquidity or liquidity matching, like ensuring that there's just the right balance of nurses and facilities in the marketplace so that there's not one uh, too much of either side. And that's when the, the magic doesn't work. And so getting to this part of true liquidity where there's right the right number of facilities who are convinced that this model will work and when, with enough nurses to, to take part in the marketplace is really, really interesting. And at the beginning of this, um, one of the funny stories is that like the CEO, David Coppins had to like, um, one of the one of the nurses was like stuck in a snowstorm and couldn't get to his shift. Um, and David went out in his four by four and picked him up and dro drove him to the facility. It was like that much hustling to get it to work. Um, and another story was like our CTO, um, they were literally calling nurses and saying like, hey, do you want to pick up the shift? And the nurse would say like, oh, um, I can't because I have kids and I, I don't have a babysitter. And he was just like, oh, I, you know, I have kids too. Why don't I just come and help babysit for you? And you can pick up the shift. And she's like, what? She, she took him up on this and uh, he went and babysat for her while, while she went to pick up a shift. And it was like... It, like facilities needed people to like, they needed to know that this could actually work and we needed to deliver those people to, to the facilities um, and vice versa. And it's been, it's been amazing to see that uh, it, it's been amazing to see the growth of the company. Um, you know, we've doubled, we doubled our revenue over the last few years and um, the number of hours worked to the millions. Um, and the, and to hear those stories, I remember like from that growth perspective from from that trajectory is really fascinating. Like just placing a few nurses and a few shifts has led to like 10 million shifts filled, you know, just a few months ago, which is crazy. Man, that's, that's wild. But I, I see that still linger like through itty bitty, like, you know, micro connections. Like when we, you know, had the shoot, William, you know, was there, um, who is, uh, uh, the success manager, right? And he sat there with that group of IntelliPros and he was like, listen, I want to problem solve something with you guys. And I just sat and I watched him, just a guy stand up and say, here's something that I hear all the time. Let's think about solutions. I was thinking about this, you know, what are you guys thinking? And the dedication to, to making sure that people are, are at the shift that feel comfortable in their shift, they're taken care of, um, that facilities feel taken care of. I mean, that still pulls through in those like tiny yeah. connections every day, which is really cool. Yeah, Will Clark, um, he talks, he works with our IntelliPros, talks to them every day. He's he's a rock star. He's like, he really knows their lives and what they're going through and um, and connects to them on a, a granular level. I love the, I love that, like uh, us being able to sit there and then them, them wanting our sweatshirts and us saying that we'll, we'll send them, we'll send them out to them and stuff. Like, yeah, it was, it's really cool to just have that one-to-one -one time um, when we get a chance to. It's that almost common. Yeah. It's almost common sense to get close to your 
customers, your audience, stakeholder, okay. everybody, you know, everybody's involved, but it's pretty common these days that there just becomes such a great distance to where you almost don't even know them. But yeah. like stories like that, I think that's like great, like company uh, lore uh, to just show like, hey, there's a lot to benefit from doing like the slow, hard, maybe unusual thing. Yeah. Uh, and right. Like you can't do that at scale, but it, but don't be afraid to get to know people. Yeah. It's interesting. It's like, um, I used to, you know, I had, I've had it so ingrained in me, this concept about scale, like all of, for all of us, right. We hear that word and it's like, it's, it's like religion, right. To, to talk about scale and to talk about how quickly you want to scale something and scale processes and systems. And, and I, after coming here and having experienced a lot of things, it's like, it doesn't really, it, it's not, it's not gospel. It's like, in order to actually figure out how things work, you, you can't try to scale them immediately. It doesn't work that way. You have to like actually granularly fix problems and understand why, not even fix problems, just understand like, what is the problem? And is this even a problem you want to solve? And then get your hands dirty and then fix it and then figure out how to scale it. Um, I think part of the problem for us so often as as people within our industry and, and in the modern world is like, we just want to get to the solution right away and, and figure out like, Hey, how do you, how do you do this really quickly? And sometimes the fastest thing is actually the, the wrong thing to scale. Um, and it's been really hard to learn that it's really, really hard to unlearn that, I guess. I fully agree with you. I think the whole world is telling us that you got to scale, scale, scale. And then the problem is, is positive things can scale and negative things can scale. And if you're not careful, you're going to just end up just scaling a bunch of negative things or yeah. so get it, get it positive, right? Like get it in the right direction, then, then apply the scaling mechanisms to it. Right. Yeah, that's, that's right. And we're talking a little abstract. Are, have you, have you thought of any like examples where in the marketing world where you kind of fought to get something right, whether it was messaging or, particular channel or anything like that, anything come to mind where you're like, hold on, let's pump the brakes. Let's get this right before we start scaling it up. Yeah. There's, I, there's, so, there's so many, there's so many examples. I think for us, the, the one of the big things has been really figuring out from and you guys have helped a lot with this and, and a bunch of partners that we've worked with is is really figuring out the right tone of voice and the right messaging for for the audience that we're going after. Um, and I think, you know, we obviously, when I came here, we, the, the business was already taking off and actually already fairly successful. The, the on-ramp to, to us growing and getting to the, you know, to the size that we want to get to was pretty clear. Um, the, the question was just like, oh, how do you just make things better? Right. How do how do we get how do we just continue improving the messaging that we have and thinking about and thinking about um, scaling it so that we can we can grow as quickly as possible. And the the reality of it was that when we looked at the brand and we looked at where we we had come from, we had to take a step back and really think about um, not just continuing to do what we were doing, but just bigger, but really thinking about culturally, what does that mean for us? And so you know, one of the big initiatives we took on was like, when I started was like um, going through a rebranding exercise because of course every new marketing head goes through a rebranding exercise. But there's some element of it was, which was like, hey, actually let's, instead of just doing that, let's really focus on the culture of the company. Um, and so we had to take a step back from the speed at which we probably could have rebranded and come up with a lot of really great collateral and, and messaging. But we, we took a, 
a parallel path of also looking at the company and our company values and our company mission and doing, running a bunch of exercises that involve people, like just sitting down and, and figuring out like what are our company culture and value propositions and how do we get to a place where we can all agree to those. Um, and in turn, that helped us to be able to actually refine our branding and our messaging. And then that helped, that has really dramatically helped us to scale because it helps us to hire the right people and figure out how we want to talk to our nurses and facilities, et cetera. Um, another example, I think is like um, really at one point in time after that, taking a step back and saying like, hey, was it right? And then given the terrible things that were happening with COVID um, and and really unwinding a bunch of processes that um, that we had we had actually scaled because COVID had totally disrupted the the whole supply chain and you know how nurses and the volume of which nurses were needed at one point in time which was less and then more and then a lot more and how how facilities were talking to nurses and how they were dealing with things like PPE and vaccines and all of those processes could not be scaled. Those were all just individual like workshops and us coming together and meeting like every morning at nine, like we, we basically had a senior team meeting that we just started executing at nine to 10 every morning to figure out a lot of these problems. Um, and that has continued to this day. Like we still have a senior team meeting on Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays um, to try to fix problems. Um, and that has a lot of those are not problems of scale. They're problems of like really digging into um, things that we need to fix. Yeah. In the, in the past, uh, I don't know, 18 months, 24 months, the whole world's changed. Um, but a lot has changed in your world as well. Are there particular things that you're maybe more proud than others of like, we got through that. That was a tough one, or that was a critical one, or we really helped people out with that one over there. There's certain things that kind of pop up in your mind that, uh, you know, you'll be still be talking about or thinking about in a couple of years. Yeah, totally. There's so much. There's so much work that we're we're really proud of. Um, I think, you know, um, when COVID started, I think the it was just really figuring out and figuring out like the unknowns of the world of nursing during the time of COVID, and part of that was it was not just building like a kick-ass technology system to match nurses with facilities. It was about, oh, actually, we need to figure out from a tech perspective how to make it so that they feel really secure when they get to the facility that they're going to work in. Like, how do we make sure that they know that the facility that they're going to work in has the right level of PPE um, or that they need to be vaccinated at a certain rate or that they need to be tested at a, in a certain way? And all of that took so much effort and time and tech and and comms and marketing um and and it wasn't just for the outcome of of you know hey this is just building a really cool product it was for the outcome of actually helping um nurses being able to pick up shifts in a way that they felt really comfortable and then facilities having confidence in the fact that the nurses were well prepared for that and the ultimate outcome of that of course is that we were in essence you know, helping them, one of the most vulnerable populations there were um, based on the, you know, based on the epidemic or the pandemic. Um, and, you know, a lot of the facilities that we work with are um, nursing homes and skilled nursing facilities, et cetera. And um, I feel really proud of the, the work that the team did during that time. 
and just the speed at which we launched a bunch of these things. And then getting all that to scale in such a way that is meaningful to the product and will be meaningful to the product in the long term um, was, was a really defining moment for us. And uh, we've done really well because of that. Yeah, I'm sure you're spending most of your time thinking about your, your, your brand and your role. There's plenty to think about, but do you ever step back and just think about e-health in general and, and where the kind of on, the, on a macro level on how the, the industry is changing? Or maybe do you see other um, maybe sort of like-minded brands popping up who are solving a, a slightly different problem, but are maybe complementary to what you're doing? Are you, do you have enough time in your day to kind of ponder those things? Yeah, I think it, I think the biggest industry trend for us as we look towards a post-COVID world or what we've learned from, a, from the COVID world is that um, the gig economy model in healthcare um, staffing works. Um, and it, for us, uh, it, it, we didn't actually know if it would when COVID first started. Like there were a lot of questions about whether or not um, facilities would actually require folks to be full-time, right? Which makes sense for, for us to have worried about that. But I think ultimately what, what we've seen is that um, there's something about the fact that the fact that staffing, full-time staffing and gig staffing can work hand in hand to ensure the right value proposition and the right level of care for patients. Um, the model that we're, we're helping facilities with um, actually help their long-term staff so that they're not burnt out when they need to take time off. And also I think is a good example for full-time staff staffing models to look at because we provide what is, I think when you look at the surveys across a bunch of different, um, a bunch of different research um, that's come out, it's like the, the one thing that people want is flexibility, right? And um, whether you're full-time, part-time, et cetera, just having control of your life, especially during this, during this period when it was really difficult. And as we're coming out of that, people recognize that flexibility is actually huge. Um, also, the right level of pay, I think, for nurses is super important. I think we're just beginning to recognize, I think, what is essential, non-essential health healthcare or staffing and um, and all like there's just a big realignment around pay flexibility um, sort of uh, hopefully what will be you know more prioritization of the people who who matter the most um, in our staffing and our workforce and they should be paid um, for the jobs that they do and they should be paid in the way that they they deserve which is um, as often as they need it um, and um, they should have the flexibility to to be able to choose the type of roles that they want um, and the ones that are safest for them and that are best for their families. And I think I, that huge alignment uh, or realignment of the workforce is something that we're really interested in trying to figure out, like how, how do we help um, facilitate that in the right ways? Yeah, I think that advocacy is really um, paramount um, to how people view um, IntelliCare as not only all those things, right, a solution, you know, for the struggles that they have, but advocates um, to how they want to progress in their career pathway. You know, so many people um, discuss how this is their way to get a new degree. Um, and progress right. and that this is the way that they're focusing their career on how to save for a house um, or all of those things. So to look at it, you know, as a 
you know, schedule or like a solution is so small, but you guys have widened that right then into advocacy, into pushing for solutions, um, into re-innovating um, how we look at um, staffing, um, you know, for these types of roles and what it takes, uh, which I think is so cool. Um, and it's paid off because I think we see that um, communicated time and time again, uh, when we look at the loyalists you know, who come back and comments on social channels or who, who are posting online, um, that's what they highlight is the advocacy piece. Yeah, it's really cool. I, um, yeah, that's a really great point. I, it's funny because I've taken on um, so many projects that had that have very little to do with marketing in many ways. Like, you know, one of the big things that we launched was like daily pay. And that was just something that we had to do. And we put a team together and we launched that. And it's been amazing because um, it's been a service that the nurses really need in their lives. Um, also, I think the our push into education and potentially being an education company that focuses on training and CEUs for, for nurses and nursing professionals is huge for them. Um, and it doesn't really 100% right now align to our business like it's not about gig economy work and it's not about matching nurses to facilities, but it's so important for nurses. Um, and also credentialing is really important for them to have a place where they can keep all their credentials and not have to reinvent the wheel every time they apply for a job, super important for them. Um, so we're looking for ways to, to make their lives better, but also to advocate for them to, to ensure that they get what they need in terms of the right sets of benefits. You, you talk with uh, nursing professionals enough that I'm sure you're hearing um, positive feedback from them. Are there certain are, are there certain things that you hear often or maybe a particular incident recently, a story recently that, you know, shared among your team and everybody kind of like, yeah, this is why we're doing this? <laughs> yeah, it, we get, we get, um, I think one of the, the cool things about IntelliCare is that we're so fo focused on the customer. It's like, we have actually a, a Every morning we get um, we get a um, an email that comes from uh, our IntelliCare our, our IntelliPro success management team, um, and it lays out like a story or a, a quote from um, a nurse who's using our platform about um, what's working. And there's there's a lot that's working really well. Um, we we spend a lot of time also doing a lot of market research just general um, focus groups as well as quant as well as quants um, and really digging into um, you know NPS and and survey results to try to dig out like the what are the big friction points in terms of their usage of the platform and also in their everyday lives um, and so the you know the big things the big things that we're hearing is that, and the things that work really well for them is the fact that they know that we have their back. It's a very, it's a very strange amorphous. Um, and, uh, you know, and I think your team has seen a lot of this research. It's a very amorphous um, data point. Right. Um, and, and understandably so there's a ton of competitors in our space. Um, but um, one of the things that gives us a competitive advantage for for a good reason because we put a lot of time and effort into this is that they feel like we're advocating for them um and and when they need someone to talk to or when they have when they have problems in their lives or they have challenges in terms of how their their working lifestyles are um and the shifts that they're taking we 
we're advocating for them and thinking about how best to make it better. Um, and it's, it's somewhat in our messaging and it's, um, but it's, it's not just about marketing. It's about like our, our approach to um, the people who we care the most about on our platform. Um, and that's for both sides on the facility side and on the nursing side, but it's a, in many ways it's reflected in NPS as well than net promoter score, but um, there's something about the orientation of our culture and our mission. I think that that results in a lot of that type of feedback. Yeah. Even you all being super interested in the research component. I mean, what a, what a gift to have in the partner is someone who will put a meeting on your calendar to dig through the research and to have that feedback loop. I think that's really yeah. a, a really cool thing. Yeah. And a lot of that has leads to a lot of really, I think, breakthrough marketing for us and breakthrough branding and decisions on how we, how we um, innovate and create cool things on our product and platform. And I think the other thing is just like, we do a lot of things that have very little net ROI and are actually huge expenditures. And sometimes you can question like, whoa, like why that program or why that campaign? Um, and I think it's, it's um, the measure of that is again, this amorphous, like, hey, we have their back. Like we're advocates for them. Um, like last year we did a, like this thing called IntelliStars where we brought in like the best of our IntelliPros from um, the 30 states or 25 plus states at that time that we were working at, um, working in and basically brought in their families, flew in, flew them into Boston and, you know, had this really big party. Um, and it was so cool to be at a time when we were, we're getting to this place where um, COVID wasn't as big of a deal. Right. And, and they could, they could meet other folks who, um, who are like them and also meet the staff and, and hang out. Um, and that was a really, that was really fun. Um, and from a marketing and branding perspective, you could say like, Hey, that, you know, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, given the fact that we had to pull that together at the very last minute, because we could, because, of, um, because of where COVID was, but it was just, it was so awesome. Um, to celebrate with them and to to get to this point of, again, understanding them better. Some of the best brand gestures have the worst attribution uh, ability. Uh, and so it's <laughs> yeah. like that constant juggle, right? Like attribution right. is going to be really tough on this, but that's where some of the best stuff happens too. So it's a, it's a balance, yeah. right? Yeah, it's, it's always an interesting balance. Um, but I, it's, it's cool to have those. It's cool to be able to have those moments where you can really celebrate. And I think that's, that's really important both for the, both for the nurses, but also for our teams. Well, speaking of celebrations, if you look forward, are, are there things that you would forecast um, or things that you're hoping to see uh, come to be in the next several years that you'd be celebrating? Yeah, I think the, I think the most interesting things for us are finding a way, as I talked about, to, to really be more in the lives of the nurses um, that are using our platform and that are in touch with us. Um, we really want to, to move beyond just, um, just to be seen as, you know, a, a two-sided marketplace, uh, a, you know, a gig economy company. Um, and we want our success to be based on the fact that we are intrinsically in the lives of the nurses that, that we're touching. Um, and intrinsically meaning adding value 
um, to their lives in ways um, both big and small. And work is one of the very most important ones. Um, but as I talked about before, I think um, you know education, you know, being a part of their um, their nursing experience from start to finish, um, figuring out you know new ways for them to find jobs. Um, giving them, continuing to give them better benefits um, and just being more in touch with them. I think there's, there's a lot of things um, for this community that's desperately needed that, um, that we can really help with. And I think it's a, it's a matter of figuring out, you know, prioritization and budgeting and, and product roadmap and all those things that you can talk about, but also just intangibly, like, where are we going to add the most value to their lives? What I've Seems really- like you're well on your way. Absolutely. What I've always really appreciated too, um, Ken, from your team is the lean towards optimism, right? Because it's so, it's so easy when you're, when you have these challenges to lean towards, you know, the dark side of that, um, and to like uh, dig in. Um, and I feel like in telecare overall as a brand, as a, you know, solution, um, has really leaned towards that optimistic view of what can be there, the, the change that can happen, um, you know, for nurses, for patients, for the future. It's been really cool to watch. Yeah, it's actually, it is really cool. And the, and I think our growth is based on this, this concept that we are willing to take big risk and take big swings. And, and there's some element of, um, there's some element where I think some, you can get to this point of very dark times and very hard times being very cynical um, and questioning every decision. And, but we're just, it's, there's, there's also the opposite of that, which is like, Hey, let's just experiment and test. And if they, we fail at a bunch of things we do, and we've definitely have failed at a bunch of things and some things have not worked like the way that we, that we thought they would, that seemed like home runs, but um but some things do. And, you know, like that photo shoot is a perfect example where we're just like, we're like, how are we going to make this work at the end of the year? Right. And we were able to pull everyone together um, and get a bunch of uh, like IntelliPros nurses together to tell these really amazing stories and to shoot some really in, incredible footage of their lives um, in interesting ways. And um, that was a really big risk for us um, because we could have pushed it off, but we didn't. And um, I'm so glad we didn't do that. <laughs>